Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We've got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today is a big old Monday. We are now officially one month out from the NFL draft. Today is March 29th. And the draft is on April 29th, so one full month out. We've been making our way in our kind of NFL draft prospects. We are currently on day 45 of that 73-day NFL draft countdown. So we'll be continuing that, looking at a wide receiver from Oklahoma State. We all know, you know, the big names at wide receivers, the Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, uh, Lamar Chase. We've all kind of looked at, you know, we've looked at those big kind of top tier wide receivers. But now since we're getting a little bit kind of deeper into our NFL draft prospect countdown, we can start looking at some, you know, kind of, you know, potential second rounders. What are kind of the second tier kind of players that can, you know, maybe surprise everybody? What's going to be the great value in the draft that we're going to be talking about for, you know, probably the next 10 years. What's going to be that next Brady? Can we find it here in this draft? So, well, you know, this is why I do kind of like getting kind of deeper into the draft so we can kind of look at some quarterbacks that aren't kind of the top tier names, the wide receivers that aren't kind of some of these top tier names so we can know what we're getting in the second and third rounds and, you know, maybe we find some value. Maybe we should take a chance on one of these kind of maybe rated like number 79 best player in the draft, but maybe we're seeing something in those players that you know potentially could you know get in the first round so I do kind of like looking at that so you know as we kind of progress a little bit deeper a little bit closer to the draft we'll kind of start finding those nuggets of kind of second third tier round players that could potentially be real good in this league so continuing on with that uh march madness is still on today how great is that four straight days we got the elite eight starting today at seven o'clock two games on today two games on tomorrow to round out the final four so we're gonna uh update our bracket to see where we are we just made up ground uh coming into yesterday we overtook first place by one point so we'll see hopefully i think it is but we'll double check to see if we are still in first place and i think i think we may have just closed out last night with that Michigan win so we'll double check that do the moneymaker for the NCAA uh, March Madness games today do our NBA moneymaker for today break down the NBA from last night we had our moneymaker in the NBA yesterday two for two fantastic so all that on the show so let's get started here we go Alrighty, the first one. Well, we knew this was coming, and uh, you know we kind of like it. Uh, we'll see. Players not a big fan of this, but NFL is expected to expand the regular season schedule to 17 games, and I believe it's going to happen this week. It's, it should happen before the draft, but I think it is going to happen this week. Um, so an extra game for everybody. No extra buy. Nothing like that. But. Um, we knew this was coming. They're kind of implementing a little bit of a, uh, I, I would call it a little bit of a rivalry week where the AFC versus the NFC and kind of, you know, uh, you know, who was the first in the AFC East faces, you know, who was first in the NFC East from last season. So we're getting kind of top tier teams facing each other in this kind of bonus rivalry AFC versus NFC week. So I'm excited about it. I mean, we get an extra week to talk about football. Yes, sir. I mean, you know, a week 18 film 
study. I mean, that's got a great title to a video on it. So I'm all ready for that. So an extra week of football, that's what we're getting. So as the consumer, as a fan, I like it. I mean, I I could use, you know, 40, 40 games of football. You know, we'll add a couple of extra buys in there. But yeah, I would have 40 games in the NFL season. Um so yeah, we get an extra game here. Um, so fans like it, I like it. I've got no problem with it. You know, I know you know an extra game. It's hard football. I mean, you know, physical running into each other, injuries. You know, long-lasting injuries. We get all that. The risk is there in the NFL, but the reward is high with all the money. Um, so. An extra game. I like it. Not everybody likes it. We see Alvin Kamara. Not really a fan of it. He says that shit is dumb as hell on that 17-game regular season. Um, and we see here that um, the league has played a 16-game regular season since 1978. So we have had kind of a, a, a change in the regular season in the NFL in a very, very long time. Now, I do like it because we do get an extra game, like we said. But the reason why I don't like the extra game added here is because now we're going to have to change our metric. And, you know, all these stats that we kind of hold near and dear to us, the 5,000-yard coveted season. Now you get, extra, you get an extra game to try and get 5,000 yards. So that's going to be kind of watered down a little bit. So now we're going to have to kind of make a note from 2021 up and from 1978 to 2021. We have to kind of uh, have that kind of gauge differently than from 2021 on. Now we have to kind of see what's going to happen with completion percentage because we just saw that get inflated this season. But now with an extra game, it's going to come down. And now we can't really compare last season stats to this season. So that's the only reason why I don't like this 17 game season because now we have to change our metric of what we kind of hold as kind of, you know, the gold standard of solid stats that we appreciate and we'd like to see in players to kind of gauge how good they are if we're just kind of taking a, a, a quick glance at them in the stat column. So for that, we are going to have to try to figure out a new metric, some new kind of bars of standard going into next season. I think we can do it. So stick around here for takes by fans to learn the new metric, folks. I mean, new game, more stats. How, how, how can we interpret them? You got to <laughs> stick here. We'll, uh, we'll uh, go through it all together next season together and how to kind of gauge performances uh, with this extra game. But uh, yeah, be on the lookout. Week 18. Get used to it. Um, alrighty, let's move on, and I don't get this one, I don't know what this is about, I mean, it's probably a fake story, I mean, we just broke a fake story yesterday that we're gonna be talking about right after this story, so I'm gonna say that this, that this is a fake story, but let's talk about it anyway, so here we go, Eagles don't have a consensus on whether Jalen Hurts is QB1? What? Where is this coming from? Y'all just traded Carson Wentz. So if you weren't sure on Jalen Hurts, well, now you have to be sure because you don't have a kind of a second option now. Um, unless you're going to take a quarterback in the draft, which I don't think you're going to do since you just traded back from the 6th to the 12th pick. So it's not like they're urgently trying to get a new quarterback since they're trading back in the draft. So I'm going to chalk this one up as a fake story. We are big fans of Jalen Hurts. We loved what he did for that kind of Eagles team coming in midseason and still having deeds and success didn't win a lot of games but held in the games was competitive was making some nice throws had some good accuracy had some good completion percentage games so 
I'm all about this man. Now, Eagles, just focus on that number 12 pick on just getting probably a weapon for Jalen Hurts. I mean, we need these quarterbacks that everybody's kind of, you know, already kind of writing off. We need to get them some help because we just see Tom Brady having like literally seven options to go to in the wide receiver position, and that's why he won the Super Bowl. If he didn't have any of those talent, I don't know if he gets to the game, honestly. Um, so, and I don't know if he wins it, you know, year one without all that wide receiver talent. So you definitely need some weapons on the offense side of the ball. Tua didn't have any weapons. People are already writing off him. Jalen Hurts really doesn't have that many weapons. People are already writing off of him. I mean, he he played less games than Tua did, and people are already saying that this man is not a QB1 here in Philadelphia. But um, yeah, we're going to chalk this one up as a fake story because we just <laughs> we talked about this yesterday on the show. Super funny. Um, so the original story was I even replied to the tweet with the uh, the quote of our show yesterday. Uh, but yesterday on the show, we were kind of seeing that the Patriots were still kind of in the hunt for Jimmy Garoppolo that was still on the table because, <laughs> because of uh, uh, NFL inside, ESPN and NFL insider Diana Rossini stated that league sources were telling her that the Patriots are still going to make a play for Jimmy G. And her source was, quote, somebody who I really tr trust who's got really good information. So that was the story that we broke yesterday, and then we just see uh, yesterday after the show, a couple of hours later, we get this, that the Patriots are not pursuing Jimmy Garoppolo. So once again, another fake story that we kind of, you know, we, we've kind of been sprinkling it in here and there, you know, kind of telling you, you know, everything in the NFL offseason is basically just bogus. Everybody's just talking. They have to make content. They have to make stories. They need something to talk about. So people are just yapping their traps, yapping their traps. Oh, I know somebody. I got an insider. I can't tell you the name. It's an insider. It's a source. He trusts me. I can't say his name because I got a source too. And my source says that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the number one, the QB one there in Carolina, but nobody's listening to my sources over here. Um, so it's just funny, man. I mean, Definitely be on the lookout for fake stories. I mean, we've already been pointing out a couple, you know, since the offseason began here in the NFL. We just broke one today. <laughs> Jalen Hurts not QB1 there in Philadelphia. That's nonsense. It's literal nonsense, folks. All right. So, um... Now, I don't know what to believe. Is Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, it made sense for the Patriots to kind of still be in kind of the conversation of Jimmy G since, you know, Bill Belichick didn't want to let him go. And, you know, with the Philadelphia trade with Miami in the draft, moving all the way up to number three, we know that they're getting a quarterback that you do not move up to number three and sell out your future first round picks to go and get a running back or a wide receiver. Don't think that's going to happen. So, looks like the... Uh, 49ers are going to be drafting a quarterback. What they do with Jimmy G this year or next year, I'm not really sure. But um, now, now we're back to base. Now we're back to base. We, yesterday we thought the Patriots were interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. Now we know that we're, there, he's not. So what, what's the true story? So we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Classic offseason stuff. Um, alrighty, let's move on here. Mike McCarthy, oh boy, oh boy. The man's opening his mouth again. It's not great. Um, so here we go. Mike McCarthy on the Cowboys' defensive struggles in 2020. Quote, we try to change too much. So uh, we all know Mike McCarthy, new head coach here for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, only won one ring as an offensive-minded head coach with Aaron Rodgers. So riddle us that, please. Um, so he says we made, um, you know, little bit of a mistake here, you know, just trying to change too much here in the defense. And then we get a couple of other quotes here. 
Uh, where is he? Right here. We try to change too much on the defense if you're looking for a mistake. Hey, if you're looking for a mistake, well, I guess I'm going to say the defensive side of the ball because, hey, I kind of handled the offense a lot more, and that was fine. So I'm going to shift blame from myself to the defensive end. It was all the defensive fault. Classic Mike McCarthy shifting blame, not being a good head coach. We know this, folks. We know this. Um, all right, and I don't think we made a mistake. We just didn't get it done. We went with <laughs> We went in with too much volume, so they had too much talent. They had too much talent, according to Mike McCarthy, and he didn't know which ones to get rid of, and he got rid of the wrong ones. So classic Mike McCarthy not being able to gauge talent. Once again, classic Mike McCarthy there. Um, alrighty. And as he did throughout the season, Mike McCarthy defended Nolan, noting it's not just one guy, it's the entire team. <laughs> yeah, it's the head coach as well, so look at yourself, my guy. Probably should fire yourself as well. And then the, uh, this last point to be made, Mike McCarthy also noted that with the league anticipating a virtual offseason, the Cowboys much do much. The Cowboys must do a better job installing their defense than what they did last year during the COVID-19 pandemic. Quote, we need to do a better job in the virtual component of it. And you know Mike McCarthy in the virtual sessions. He's probably the one with the camera off. He's just in his boxer shirtless just talking to the guys over Zoom or something. You know Mike McCarthy's not dressing up for a virtual team workout. Come on, come on. The man was getting massages in during practices with the Packers. You think he's going to kind of have his camera on during a virtual workout? So come on, Mike McCarthy, be a little bit better of a head coach. Take the job a little bit more seriously. Let's kind of clean up that image that I'm kind of bashing you on consistently here. So uh, it's going to be interesting what the Cowboys do this season. I'm not, I have no stake in the Cowboys. I, nothing about this team besides Dak getting resigned. That's the best thing about this Cowboys team, but I can't trust Zeke anymore. I can't trust the wide receivers. I definitely can't trust Mike McCarthy. I mean, nobody, the fact that nobody stepped up last year was just, it, it was bizarre to me. I mean, I thought we had some leaders on this Cowboys team besides Dak Prescott, but once he went down, I mean, everybody was phoning it in. Um, Zeke Elliott was fumbling. Uh, Andy Dalton couldn't be consistent to save his life or just kind of serviceable or just kind of a game manager like Mitch Trubisky was kind of, I would take Mitch Trubisky over Andy Dalton. That's how much Andy Dalton did not do good this season and we all know how much I don't like uh Mitch Trubisky so Mike McCarthy man I don't uh, not a good coach in my opinion but uh that's classic Dallas right um, alrighty, let's move on to uh, Joe Burrow. He is reportedly pushing the Bengals to reunite him with LSU teammate Jamar Chase in the NFL draft. A nice wide receiver weapon for Joey B. And I like this. College quarterbacks teaming up with their great college co counterparts at the wide receiver position. Uh, so I've got no problem. Joe Burrow kind of pushing the Bengals go and get Lamar Chase. We'll see what they do. Um, if they either get a lineman to kind of protect Joe Burrow a little bit more because we just saw him go down with an injury. That's never great especially on a franchise guy uh, but you know definitely getting him a wide receiver weapon could definitely help him out as well I mean but they don't really need Jamar Chase. They may want to kind of focus on that uh, line a little bit more. Uh, so the Bengals' offense already is Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon at the running back position, Tyler, Boy Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. I mean, that, those are all serviceable weapons out there. Obviously, Jamar Chase can instantly be the Tier 1, A1 wide receivers that this team needs. Uh, so it'll be interesting what the Bengals get here. But I wanted to bring this up because this is what I want the Dolphins to do with Tua. 
reunite Tua with Devontae Smith. Get him somebody that he's comfortable with, that he's proven that he can win with, proven that he can just kind of, you know, match up with. And they know each other. They know their rhythm. They know how to anticipate their throws. They know what to kind of look for and, you know, just kind of get back into that rhythm of their great offensive uh, domination that they had in Alabama. So I'm all about these uh, quarterbacks, uh, these quarterbacks that got into the league a year ahead of their wide receiver kind of counterparts here and then drafting him and matching back up with let's run it back that's what I want the Dolphins to do honestly at number six go and get Devontae Smith and then at number 18 go get Najee Harris let's bring Alabama offensive football to the Miami Dolphins because I'm all about that get these quarterbacks comfortable why would you not want to have your franchise guy be the most comfortable that they have so it will be interesting to see here what the Bengals do in the draft if they kind of listen to Joey B here or if they just try to be like, hey, we're going to protect you for your own good here and, you know, make sure you have a long, lastful career successful for us, but also successful in longevity for you as well. And we're going to get you alignment. So we'll keep an eye out here for the Bengals in the draft. Can Joey B and Jamar Chase team back up here in Cincinnati? We'll see. All righty, let's keep moving on here. Virginia Tech cornerback Caleb Fairley. He did not, he missed his pro day due to a back procedure, but we just got his most recent 40 time from March 5th, and holy moly, folks, this man just ran a 4-2-8-40, woo, this man truly impressed us. Um, when we were kind of breaking him down, we've already looked at him in our NFL draft prospect of the day, but man, oh man, we already loved him. We love this. I think he's probably going to be the first corner taken. We loved his skill set. And now he's running a four two eight forty a fast corner that can keep up with all this evolving speed in the NFL at the wide receiver position. We've got Hollywood Brown. We've got Tyree kill. We've got great fast, uh, quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. We're getting, um, um, oh man, the uh, Ohio State quarterback that's getting into this year's draft as well, who's going to be a big dual threat, Trey Lance, who's also another emerging quarterback that's going to be taken in this league, another fast uh, fast quarterback uh, as well. So a lot of speed here in the NFL, and Kayla Fairley, cornerback, he's going to be able to keep up with all that speed. So truly impressive here. Um, obviously, these are all unofficial times, as we're saying, because there is no uh, NFL uh, combine this season as well so these are all unofficial so definitely making it look a little bit better than what they actually are but man oh man if you can do it here you can do it again and man 42840 looking real good Alrighty, keep moving on here with kind of, you know, the draft aspect. So, uh, PFF coming out with the career passing grades versus the blitz for these kind of top drafted, potentially drafted quarterbacks here. Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. So, I kind of wanted to talk about this for a couple of reasons here. So, career passing grades versus the blitz. Mac Jones is number one with 92.4. Trevor Lawrence is number two at 90.1. Zach Wilson is number three at 84.7. Justin Fields is at number five at 82.0. And Trey Lance is at number 12 at 75.8. So I want to bring this up for a couple of reasons. Well, why you have to be good against the Blitz? Because uh, Aaron Rodgers and 
Josh Allen, most touchdowns versus the Blitz in 2020 this season. Uh, the number two, the number one and two, or the number one, tied for number one here, is Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen, both at 17 touchdowns versus the Blitz. And what did they both do this season? They got to the AFC and NFC Championship game. So they were, they were two of the top four teams in this league. So you do definitely have to be good against the Blitz. So this is a stat that we should kind of, you know, take a little bit into consideration if, if these players can get it done in the NFL. So Trey Lance being at number 12 here at 75.8 graded uh, is a little concerning, especially since he went to, you know, North Dakota State and not kind of one of these upper upper echelon college teams. So that's a little bit of a hit. And we also saw that he didn't run in his pro day. So, you know, and some question marks are rising here by Trey Lance. I really think he's going to be a little bit of a bust. I'm not truly set in stone with Trey Lance being a good quarterback here in the NFL. Um, all right, and then we get Mac Jones, highest at 92.4. So now I want to, we have to kind of take this with a little bit of a grain of salt as well because look at what all the weapons that Mac Jones had. And he only had really one season as the starting quarterback there in Alabama. 2019, it was two until he got injured. And then, you know, Mac Jones just had 2020. It was a phenomenal year. Don't get us wrong. But then you had Devontae Smith and Najee Harris. And then just last season, 2019, where he kind of played the back half after two went down. He had Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle this season so this man has so much talent to work with there in Alabama not really sure if he's going to be able to kind of make it in the NFL just purely by himself with kind of no weapons how is he going to be able to elevate his players around him so these kind of blitzing stats may be a little bit elevated so take that 92.4 graded uh, career passing grade versus the blitz for Mac Jones at number one here take that with a little bit of grain of salt and then definitely look at it a little bit heavy there for Trey Lance coming in at number 12 you need to be good against the blitz if you're kind of shaken with you when the pressure is coming you're going to make bad decisions you're going to turn the ball over you're not going to see the open reads you're not going to convert to touchdowns like Josh Allen and Aaron, Aaron Rodgers just did this season so definitely a little bit interesting here really not sure <clears throat> What's going to happen in this draft with the quarterbacks? We all know Trevor Lawrence is going number one. That's set in stone. But Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, really not sure where they're going to go. I know the 49ers are kind of liking Zach Wilson a lot. Um, so... It's going to be interesting, man, to see, but uh, I really can't see any one of these quarterbacks besides Trevor Lawrence being kind of one of these upper echelon quarterbacks that we're talking about, you know, five, ten years down the road, like Tom Brady and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and now even Josh Allen. I don't know three years into all these careers if we're going to be talking about any of these quarterbacks besides Trevor Lawrence like we kind of talk about Josh Allen right now. Uh, so, man, oh, man, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of this quarterback class in general. I do like Trevor Lawrence. That's fine. <laughs> Mac Jones, a little bit of a question mark. Alrighty, let's keep moving on here. Chase Claypool, rookie wide receiver from the Steelers who had an absolutely fantastic season this year. Video emerges of Chase Claypool allegedly in a bar fight. So that got our attention. So we had to go dig to find the video a little bit. And we do get the video here by TMZ. And it's a little bit of a nothing burger. It's a little bit of a nothing burger. So um, here we go. Video starts rolling. It's a minute video. Minute. Uh, the video starts rolling. Kind of, a, you know, some people kind of wrestling on the ground a little bit no really kind of big blows no real big punches that make you go god damn that man's getting his ass beat it's kind of just kind of a classic little tussle outside uh there are some people on the ground but nothing really big no real big right hooks coming in no real big kicks coming in until chase claypool comes but uh so videos rolling about 20 seconds in 
of the fight, Chase Claypool comes over and he does end up kicking somebody kind of, I think in the face, just when they're on the ground and then Chase Claypool gets kind of pushed out. They kind of start to separate people. Here he comes, starts to push some other people. Then he goes in for a big old stomp there and then they kind of push him off and then it just kind of disperses after that. Um, and then we get kind of what they were saying here. Um... Sources tell us there was an issue involving someone following, throwing dollar bills at a woman inside the bar. So it goes outside. And then um, Chase Claypool was not an instigator, but then we did see him get kind of, you know, kick somebody while they were down. Um, so it's really nothing. I really would hope no charges get pressed. I really hope this doesn't go to like a criminal and Chase Claypool kind of gets, you know, punished for this because it is just kind of a stupid drunken bar fight outside nothing really big nobody seemed to be really injured uh so hopefully the guy that got kicked by chase claypool isn't just like hey i can kind of cash in on this and I, that's exactly what i'm gonna do so hopefully that doesn't happen because it, it, it doesn't look that bad it, it, from at least this angle of what i'm seeing it doesn't look that bad uh so just kind of a, a, a drunken people doing drunken stupid things let's not turn it into you know a federal case out here that's all I'm saying. It does not seem that bad. I, I That's probably why we haven't been hearing of it too much. I mean, I just saw a tweet about it, so I investigated a little further. It's nothing bad. So uh, we'll, we'll keep a slim eye on this. Probably not too much of a big eye on this since uh, if we see it on ESPN, then it's going to be big. But uh, if we don't see it, we probably won't talk about it anymore. So that's how kind of big of a nothing burger I think this thing is. Alrighty, and then the last thing to talk about, <clears throat> we get a nice little highlight package here from Philip Lindsay. We are big fans of Philip Lindsay here. He's going into his fourth season, his first two seasons <clears throat> when he was in um, Denver by himself as kind of uh, running back one, both back-to-back thousand-yard seasons right out, right out of the gate. And then last year with Melvin Gordon, he kind of had to split carries a little bit, and he still had a great production out of the backfield and kind of splitting carries as well. But, but the Denver Broncos let him go this season for some reason. And I was truly kind of disappointed with that uh, because I, I wanted to kind of see this Denver Broncos team get good. I, I mean, they were just kind of a solid quarterback away from just kind of being consistent and being competitive in all their games. Their defense was pretty solid, and they have some nice talent offensively. Jerry Judy at the wide receiver position. As we said, Phillip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon at the running back. It's just Drew Locke really couldn't be consistent. Um, um, just couldn't be consistent threw a lot of interceptions and really didn't start scoring the ball until the fourth quarter and it was really kind of just a little bit too late there for the Broncos so the Broncos let him go and then he just kind of goes to like the worst place to go to at the moment the Houston Texans he does pair up with David Johnson but I mean with this whole Deshaun Watson thing I mean it's it's a real mess over there so Really wish he didn't go to Houston, unfortunately. Hopefully he can kind of keep his kind of career alive a little bit because we are big fans. So let's watch this little three-minute highlight package by Philip Lindsay and kind of um, just see what this man can do because this man is a little slept on, in my opinion. Truly, truly surprised that the Broncos let him go. But here we go. Philip Lindsay's top plays from last season. <clears throat> or maybe just his career. Is this career? Because I see fans in the stands, and those are packed stands. Um Alrighty, so this is his career highlight package. Alrighty, here we go. Alrighty, first play up. Just kind of running out of the backfield, catches it, and there's nobody on him. He runs down the sideline for 30 yards. The speed is there, outrunning the entire Seattle defense. Nobody getting back out of the backfield, and he's just able to slip in his speed. It's a little um, it's a little sneaky how fast this man actually is, and he's pretty uh, solid. He'll, he'll deliver the hit. He's got no problem with that either. 
Alrighty, here we go against the Raiders. Just literally running right up the middle. And he's got finishing speed. Can he beat the safety? Oh, he falls about 15 yards shy of the end zone. But look at this, man. I mean, he's just going running right up the middle there. And the speed is so great that he can kind of get past that kind of first line of defense without getting touched right here. Look at that. Look at that. First 10 yards. Nobody touches him. And then it's just a foot race. It's good speed here. Obviously not kind of one of these... Um, Running backs that can kind of take the top off the defense if he gets kind of past that first line of defense, like maybe Aaron Jones can. Even Derrick Henry's got the speed. Uh, but very great speed there by Phillip Lindsay. Here we go against the Jets, finding that hole, and there he goes. 25, 30 yards. There it is. Can find the hole. The speed is there to kind of test uh, the the running ability of the, the corners and the safeties that are having to hawk this man down because he's so explosive out of the backfield. Alrighty, another run against the Cardinals, and there it is, and there's the strength of not going down, and once again, another 30-yard run, finding the hole, Patrick Peterson there, poor tackle by a cornerback, you better bring this man down physically, because this man's got some sneaky size as well. He's a little bit of, I, I want to say the man is like 5'7", but hey, you don't need to be tall to be a running back. You just need to be solid, and this man is truly solid. Another one right up the middle, and this time it's finishing speed. There it is. So if you don't have fa fast corners or safeties on your seat, on your team, goodbye, because the man is taking the top off the defense like he just did right here. And man, oh man, can we talk about this, this offensive line by the Broncos? Is this the best offensive line in the NFL? Just look at how great this blocking is on all these plays. Look at this. Look at that. He's not, he got Touched zero times on this about 35, 40-yard touchdown run. And look at just how crowded this line of scrimmage was, folks. Blocks picked up perfectly. Perfectly. Did not get touched. Did not get touched. There it is. And y'all let this man go? Pity. Pity, man. Whew. Man, oh, man. Philip Lindsay, man. The man can play. Man can play. All righty. Here we go against the Steelers. Another one, another run, another one, and he's got the game-breaking speed this time. Darn, just just shoved out of bounds right before he was able to beat that last defender. Darn. All right, against the Bengals, and y'all know what it is. Here it is. This is the big speed we're talking about. Nobody will catch him. Yes, sir. Once again, the blocking. I don't think he got touched on this one, and this was a 70-yard run. 70-yard run. Oh, my God. He's got great speed. They got great blockers, but they let the man go. Y'all going to kind of rely on Melvin Gordon for everything? All righty. All righty. If that's what y'all want to do, okay. Alrighty, again, he's going to go 50. Is he going to get touched on this one? Alright, he does get brought down. Couldn't shift his way past that last defender. I mean, he's literally just, if if that safety's not in the right position, he's gone every single time. Look at this one. Oh, nice little shifty move to not get touched for the first, like, 20 yards. Look at this. Oh, man. How do you let this man go? He was still under his rookie deal. You were going to get him for one more season, and you let him go. Man. All righty. This time he stumbles, and then he's able to kind of bounce it outside and pick up about 40 yards on the Titans. Yes, sir. They're already up 13-0 in the fourth quarter. Pile the score on. All righty. Here we go against the Browns now. Once again, 20 yards untouched up the middle. Takes two safeties to bring this man down. 
Alrighty, running up the middle again. Not touched in the first 20 yards, and he's gone. 30 straight yards, untouched. Great block. I didn't know the Broncos had an offensive line like this. Why were they not any better? Because they did not have the quarterback. Darn it. They're literally a quarterback away. If you put a good quarterback on this team, the great blocking, offensive line, the great running backs. Holy moly, we could have had a Super Bowl team on our hands here, and I'm not joking about that. Alrighty, here we go. Another one against the Broncos right here. Or against the Lions. Once again, uh, really untouched before, besides the last five yards. And he's able to kind of still stay on his feet for the touchdown. All right, getting absolutely blown out here by the Chargers. But what can this man do? Can he shock the system and bring you guys back a little bit more? And there it is. The closing speed. 50 yards clean. Oh, this is the last play. We got to watch it one more time here. Look at this. 55 yards cleanly right up the middle. There it is. Can't bring him down. Shifty. Able to kind of squeeze between those converging defenders. And the speed is just enough to get it. The speed is great. The speed is great, folks. Damn. How do you let that go? I don't know. But what a steal by the Texans to pick it up. And I'm telling you right now, Texans, you better be listening. If you cannot make make your offense work around David Johnson and Philip Lindsay, you're 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 lost. You're lost. You're lost. You can't do anything. So now, if Deshaun Watson still stays with the Houston Texans and everything kind of, you know, seems to be fine, it seems they kind of reconciled the management and Deshaun Watson, we could have a really dangerous team here in Houston. Um, unfortunately, I don't really see that happening, but they got the running backs to do so. And if Deshaun Watson stays, could you imagine the read option game with all that speed in the uh, running back position? Holy moly, folks. Oof, man, man, if only the Texans were a little bit more stable right now, this pickup of Phillip Lindsay would have been a home run. Alrighty, let's move on. Here we go. Last couple of stories here all in the NBA. So, Andre Drummond, he has officially signed with the Lakers. So, we just saw um, LaMarcus Aldridge. He went to the Nets. A little lame. So, Andre Drummond's like, well... All right, I can't go to the Nets. That would have been nice. So I'll go to the kind of, you know, the second most NBA-ready championship team right now, and that's with the Lakers. I'm teaming up with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Absolutely great pickup here for the Lakers. Andre Drummond was getting it absolutely done. I think it was averaging like 17 and 15 um, in the kind of the, the short amount of about 20 games that he was playing with the Cavs before they decided that they're going to trade him and rest him so they don't injure their greatest asset that they have there. Um so definitely makes the Lakers a lot better there, obviously. Another little big download. Now we just need Dennis Schroeder to kind of step up a little bit more, facilitate the court a little bit. We got some nice beef down low. We just need these wing shooters to start scoring the ball a little bit more consistently. Just hit those threes. Just hit the threes. That's all LeBron wants. When we kick out, when we drive and kick out to an open three-point shooter, you better hit it more times than you miss, unlike Danny Green, who just was really not great last year for the Lakers. Uh, but one a ring anyway, so I got to give the man credit. Uh, so Andrew Drummond goes to the Lakers. Hopefully LeBron James is about three, four weeks out. AD is about two weeks out. But uh, once Andre Drummond gets here, hopefully they can start, you know, keep winning games. They just won last night against the Magic, so we'll give it up to them. But, it, well, you know, it's against the Magic. They literally just traded every single one of their players. Um, so Andre Drummond to the Lakers. That's what we got.
Alrighty, I think this, oh my goodness, I hope this happens. I truly hope this happens. So the Celtics will consider signing DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins is probably the last best player that's kind of available right now. Uh, didn't get traded, just got bought out, and now they're kind of, you know, he's kind of in a little bit of a limbo here. So if the Celtics can sign DeMarcus Cousins, that's all they need. They got a nice big now. Have Robert Williams come off the bench or even have DeMarcus Cousins come off the bench because Robert Williams has been doing pretty good in the starting lineup these last couple of games. But um, that's what the Celtics are missing. Just nice, consistent beef down low. They've got Jason Tatum. They got Jalen Brown. Kemba Walker is usually decent. Stop taking all those threes, but he's usually decent there. So they've got kind of the scoring outside offense. They just need something more down low. We know they lost Daniel Tice, who I think is probably the, who was their best big, um, but wasn't that great. We didn't like Daniel Tice that much. But if the Celtics get DeMarcus Cousins, I think they become probably the third, well, yeah, it's still tough because the Nets are obviously the best team in the East, and the the 76ers have Joel Embiid, so you're not going to be able to compete with that. But um, the Celtics will be able to kind of make a run for the uh, for the Eastern Conference Championship if they sign to Marcus Cousins. So hopefully they get this deal done. I would love to see that. <clears throat> All right, and then the last story to talk about, man, oh, man, Lonzo Ball. Ugh, ugh, ugh. So here we go. NBA agent on Lonzo Ball, quote, Lonzo enjoys playing for the Pelicans but isn't a fan of New Orleans. However, he really wants to end up with the Knicks or Bulls. That has been a dream of him of his. It's likely he will try to leave this offseason. First of all, let's put this out there. What makes what gives Lonzo Ball this kind of this kind of clout that he's able to kind of just determine whatever team he wants to go to. I haven't seen anything great out of Lonzo Ball. We saw him with the Lakers the year before LeBron got there, and they won like 30 They won like 30 games. That's Kyrie Irving winning 30 games with the Cavs without no other help, not elevating the play around him, not being great himself, and only having 30 wins. And then once LeBron got there, LeBron didn't even like playing with him. LeBron did not like playing with Lonzo Ball. That's why they got rid of him before their championship championship run uh, so he couldn't work with LeBron he couldn't kind of work in the Lakers organization without LeBron and I'm not blaming him for that because the Lakers team was absolutely trash but still you could have made it made the team a little bit better a little bit more impactful and then he goes to the Pelicans and um, not uh, really nothing too great I mean uh, his first year what he put up 11 points and seven assists but once again what did the Pelicans do 30 wins, 30 wins, not getting into the playoffs. And then just this season, averaging 14 points, the most points he's ever averaged, but the assists come down by about two. He's averaging about seven assists in his, in his kind of peak. Um, and then five assists just this season with 14 points. And once again, it's really not translating to that many wins. I mean, they're not even in the playoff picture right now, the Pelicans. They're winning games without Lonzo. They're like three and four in their last four games without Lonzo Ball. And they're winning all of them. They won three of the four. That's 75%. That's pretty dang good. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is stepping up and kind of executing a little bit better than what Lonzo is doing. And as we see right here, he's basically started every single game here for the Pelicans this season and only only has 20 wins right now and that's kind of thanks to uh, Zion Williamson because Zion Williamson is one of the most consistent players I've seen all season long he's efficiently he's efficient and he's consistent he's efficiently consistent here folks 25 30 points a game on like 73 to 82 percent shooting I mean you cannot get any better than that and he's doing that on a consistent basis and Lonzo Ball is out here 14 points, 5 assists, and really making zero, zero impact on this team. So, Nikhil Alexander-Walker steps up into his position and is winning games without this man. So, I don't get 
all this hype around Lonzo Ball, it's still probably coming from, you know, once he finally, when he finally got into this league and his dad was going on every single show and telling him that, you know, his son is the best player ever. But LeBron didn't want to play with him. He can't make it work by himself. He's literally worse Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving is at least good and at least can kind of put up 25, 30 points when he needs to. Lonzo Ball can't really do that. So... I don't know, man. I don't get all this kind of praise of Lonzo Ball. I don't get of all the teams wanting to trade for him at the deadline. That, those must have been false stories because here he is still in the Pelicans, and now he's telling his agent that he wants to go play for the Knicks or the Bulls. Are you going to be able to elevate any of those teams? Probably not, and I don't want him to mess up what the Bulls got because the Bulls got something brewing right now, and Lonzo Ball would probably ruin that. How is Lonzo Ball not taking advantage of playing with Brandon Ingram, who's probably having one of his best seasons uh, last season? Last season in the bubble was pretty good as well um and Zion Williamson who is so freaking good this season man and you still can't make work and you got Steven Adams down low as well and you still can't make it work I don't know man I know you got Eric Bledsoe who is uh who's really having a really bad terrible trash season I get it but lines of ball you need to take it upon yourself you need to start elevating the play around you and until you do that I'm not about it because now you're you're just a losing point guard. You're about 30. You're on a 30-win team. That's not anything I'm trying to get on my team. So until he starts to win, I'm not about it. And until he starts kind of elevating the play around of him, elevating the play around him, winning consistently, I'm not about it. I'm not about Lonzo. So I don't, I don't get all the hype around the man. Alrighty, those are all the stories we needed to cover for today. Let's head over to March Madness, and then we'll head over to the NBA, and then we'll head over to our NFL Draft Prospect of the Day. So here we go. After the Sweet 16, Sweet 16 has officially wrapped up. Let's check the standing in our bracket challenge. We see we are still in first place, and we made up so much ground yesterday. Fantastic. We extended our lead. We had a one-point lead going into yesterday's game. And now we got a five point lead here. Absolutely fantastic. So we are now still currently in first place in the Elite Eight with 46 points. Go Rutgers. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Unfortunate. Uh, who's been in first place this entire tournament. Now in second place with only 41 points. And HGMF6. Oof, man. That Alabama loss last night. Absolutely crucial for that man's downfall as well. And he'll probably stay in third place there with only 36 points. We still have 80 points remaining. Fantastic. Go Rutgers, only 64 points. And I think we kind of cancel him out on everything he has. And then HGMF6, only 56 points left remaining. And I think we box him out as well. So here we go. Let's check the bracket real quickly. Um, alrighty, yesterday, Gonzaga in Creighton, Gonzaga, no problem, really takes care of business, gets to the Elite Eight. Alrighty, <clears throat> USC takes care of business as well, unfortunately we didn't have them, we did not have them going to the Elite Eight, but we do have Gonzaga going to the Final Four, so we can get a little more points there. Alrighty, and then in the East, Michigan taking truly care of business there over FSU, no problem there. Michigan's looking real good in this tournament, folks, watch out for them. So Michigan advances to the Elite Eight to play UCLA tomorrow. 
Um, we do not have Michigan getting into the Final Four, so we can't make up any more ground there. The only points that we can now get are Gonzaga and Baylor into the Final Four, and then Gonzaga getting into in Gonzaga and Baylor getting into the finals, and then Gonzaga winning. So those are the only points we can get. Gonzaga and uh, Baylor. Those are the only teams we have remaining picked correctly. Uh, so we will have to root for them a lot. <laughs> Alrighty, now let's go to Go Ruckers. Can he make up any ground? Let's see. He's got Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. Unfortunately, did not choose the right winner. Uh, but he does have Gonzaga moving into the Final Four, so he can kind of keep up points with us there, but we, he can't get any more points. He also only has Baylor in the Final Four, so Gonzaga and Baylor is what Go Ruckers has in the Final Four, so he cannot get any more points than us. And he also picked Gonzaga to win the tournament against Illinois, so we can get more points there if Baylor has it. And we kind of box him out, so he cannot get any more points that we cannot get. So he cannot overtake us. So unfortunately, Go Ruckers is going to stay in second place or maybe drop down to third. And then HGMF6 here. Um, Once again, he's only got... Gonzaga left Bama he had Bama in the final four unfortunately a really tough loss I mean they were not competitive at all at the two seed how crazy they got truly blown out there um, by 10 points they lost to UCLA who's the 11 seed 88 to 78 so truly unfortunate there for Bama and HGMF6 here He's only got Gonzaga going into the Final Four, so there is no chance that he can beat us. So here we are in the Elite Eight, and I think we have officially wrapped up our bracket. Y'all tried to come for the king, man. Y'all tried to come for the king. Unfortunately, you didn't take your best shot because here we are in first place, and there is no way that we can lose. So let's give it up for us here. Congratulations. <laughs> Takes my fans, wins our own tournament. Love it. Um, so we'll keep an eye on it. Let's see what's on tap today. We do have two uh, Elite Eight games on today. Two Elite Games, Elite Eight games on tomorrow as well. So March Madness resumes today at 7:15. Oregon State versus Houston. Oregon State plus seven and a half. Houston minus seven and a half. Let's see what they've done just in the last round to see if that seven and a half there is a good spread here. So we get um, where is it? Um, Houston, Oregon State. Here we go. All right, Houston. I mean, their first meeting, they put up 87 points. Their second, they put up 63, and then they put up 62 in the third So in the third game. So we're kind of seeing their scoring go down a little bit. Their defense is still good, holding teams to 46 and 60 points and 56 points. So the defense is good. The scoring is coming down a little bit. And then for Oregon State here. They beat Tennessee 70-56 to the first game. Then they went and scored 80 points their second game, winning 80-70. to And then just last game, they put up 65 points and beat uh, and just held Loyola Chicago to 58. So we see their offense kind of came down a little bit there in the Sweet 16, but the defense stepped up. Uh, Going to be a little bit interesting. I'm truly big fans of what Houston is doing here. And uh, Oregon State, it's a good story, but I don't see them kind of keeping it up. I think the defense of Houston just really suffocates Oregon State. So I'm a big fan of what Houston is doing. If I had to do this entire tournament over again, I would have Houston in the Final Four. Having Houston lose in the Elite Eight was kind of just an oversight by me. Truly unfortunate. So we will take the 7.5 here, swallow the 7.5 here by Houston. I think they just really get it done here. <coughs> 
Alrighty, and then the late game, 10 o'clock, Arkansas versus Baylor. Arkansas plus 8, Baylor plus, or Baylor minus 8. Alrighty, Baylor's been getting it done as well. 79 points their first game, 76 points their second game, 62 points their third game, but held Nova to only 51, so pretty good defense. We see defense really mattering and the back half of the March Madness, and we that's kind of, you know, a usual rule in basketball or just sports in general, kind of playoff tournament-style formatting, you know, uh, offense can get you so much, maybe when you're the first two games, but once kind of, you know, we start getting to the final four in the championship game where we have kind of, we are going to start locking it up defensively. So let's look out for big defensive performances here in the elite eight. So Baylor holding Nova to only 51 points and then Arkansas. Let's see where they are at. Uh, their first game put up 85 points. Then they went down to 68. And then they just had 72 last night. Not really great defense. I mean, if you're putting up 70 points, I would probably say the cutoff for good defense is about 65 less points. 65 or less. Um, so Baylor is going to be able to get it done. And I think we should swallow the points here as well. So we'll swallow the points here in both these games. We're going to trust the defense, the better defensive teams who still has the ability to kind of pile on the scoring as well. So Houston minus seven and a half Baylor minus eight. We just saw, uh, Houston kind of just suffocate Syracuse a lot. Uh, could not buy a basket only held them to 56 points as we said. And then Arkansas, not really great defense at all throughout this tournament. So we'll take the two favorites and we'll swallow the points here in the March Madness. And then we'll see how that turns out for tomorrow's action in the second round of the elite eight. Alrighty, let's head over to the NBA. Alrighty, only a couple of games on last night. So we'll quickly go through these games and uh, do our moneymaker, and then we'll head over to our NFL draft prospect of the day. But here we go. First game up on the docket in the NBA last night. Suns and the Hornets, and holy moly, am I, did we make the right decision or what? We just tucked the Hawks out of the top 10 at number 10 and replaced them with the Hornets on Friday show when we updated our NBA power rankings, and I'm so glad we did that because the Hawks just got absolutely blown out by the Nuggets by about 20 points, but the Hornets were very competitive and went to overtime against the Suns, so truly great team here by the Hornets. Without LaMelo Ball, they're still kind of getting it done. Devontae Graham is really stepping up and showing out, replacing LaMelo Ball in that kind of starting point guard position, so game goes into overtime, so let's show you how it got, got into overtime, so here we go. Hornets with only a minute 25 seconds left. They are down six points, 90 to 84. So here we go. Devontae Graham shoots a step back three and drains it. Now they're only down by three. Good defense gives them the last possession here or the second to last possession here. Devontae Graham pulls up again and ties the game. Six straight easy double threes to tie the game at 90. Now, once again, great defense by the Hornets to get the last possession. And if Devontae Graham is, uh, you know, shooting threes out here, three to make it a three-point game, another to tie the game. I trust him for the game-winning shot. So here he goes. Five seconds left. He drives, step back, three. It bounces once, bounces twice, bounces three times on the rim, but does not go. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine if Devontae Graham just ended the game with three straight threes to beat the Suns? Ugh, that would have been great. That would have continued their four-game. Their uh, It would have made it a four-game winning streak without LaMelo Ball, folks, and that would have been truly great. Just unfortunately... 
they could not keep up the scoring pace in overtime, and uh, that's where they lose the game. So just truly unfortunate there. They still kept it close, so I'm still all about this Hornets team. They are still competitive without LaMelo Ball, and that's all we want to see. Yes, we need you to start beating teams, and they have been, um, but to uh, be competitive here against one of the best teams in this league, um, the current two seed in the West, just absolutely fantastic. So Definitely glad that we made the switch there to put the Hornets at number 10 and take the Hawks out. We are, we, I mean, we really kind of bail on teams at the right times, folks. We really can see, you know, the writing on the wall of when a team is really going to start to kind of sputter and uh, sputter out, and that's what the Hawks are doing. Alrighty, here we go. Let's start with the uh, Suns since they won the game. Chris Paul only had one assist this entire game, so kind of crazy. Uh, so 16 points, two steals, one assist, two rebounds for Chris Paul. Devin Booker, 35 points on 38% shooting, 4 of 11 from 3. Also added 6 rebounds and 3 assists. DeAndre Ayton, 14 points, 14 rebounds, 7 of those rebounds offensive. So fantastic work by DeAndre Ayton as usual. Jay Crowder had a really bad night here. 2 points on 0 of 9 shooting. Only points came from getting to the line twice. That's it. Uh, 4 assists and 8 rebounds, so he's still kind of making his classic impact. Just really was not hitting. He didn't hit any shots, so that was trash. 0 of 9 from 3. Not great. Um, and then McCall Bridges, 13 points, 8 rebounds on 54% shooting. So pretty solid uh, uh, game here by the starters. Chris Paul with only one assist and Jay Crowder shooting 0 of 9 really let, let the kind of door open for the Hornets to win the game. Just unfortunately, they could not hit that buzzer beater in regulation. Truly unfortunate. Alrighty, off their bench there, Torrey Craig, 9 points. Love seeing that man get some action here. Shot 66%, so very well done for him off the bench. Uh, Dario Sarek only six points off the bench. Man, Cameron Johnson, zero points, 0 of 6 shooting off the bench. Come on, man. Come on. And then Cameron Payne, six points off the bench as well. So they've got the ability. They've got they got everything they need. The Suns have everything they need to make a championship run. They've got the great starting lineup, and they have some nice bench pieces. But we just haven't seen really the bench pieces play too consistent. Um, that's really the, the biggest red flag I have about the Suns team. But it, the pieces are there. The execution is what's a little little lackluster, leading a little to be kind of desired a little bit. Alrighty, now let's get to the Hornets now. Devontae Graham, as we said, stepping up in place of the injured LaMelo Ball. Devontae Graham, 30 big old points, three assists, one rebound. Shot 42% in seven of 16 from three. Man, the man was chucking it, but hey, you made seven of them. We'll give you that. Just unfortunately could not make that last one. Darn. All right, Terry Rozier, 22 points, 10 rebounds. Yes, sir. Scary Terry still getting it done. Bismick Biombo, 2 points, 4 rebounds, a minus 9 on the floor. Not the greatest big out there. P.J. Washington, 0 points, 12 rebounds. He shot 0 of 7, just kind of matching what Jay Crowder did. So both kind of starting fours there for the Hornets and the Suns not getting it done. And then Gordon Hayward, 15 points, 6 rebounds. He shot 26%, 1 of 6 from 3. So not a great scoring night, but they were still in it. Thanks to Miles Bridges off the bench, 18 points, 12 rebounds. Cody Zeller coming off the bench in only 11 minutes, 2 points and 1 rebound. But, man, if they had a better big and if Melo Ball didn't get injured, man, ugh, what the Hornets could have been. They still can be. We still know LaMelo Ball could potentially get back uh, before the season ends. Let's update these uh, standings real quick. Uh, last time we checked, they were, yeah, right here, uh, number five in the East. So they could still, um, they're only four games out from falling from the five seed out of the playing tournament at number 10. So hopefully I would like to see this team in the playing tournament. 
they play with a lot of heart and a lot of hustle. So hopefully they can still get into that playing tournament and maybe shake things up. Uh, but man, oh man, they just need a little bit of a better big. That's really kind of all they're missing is a true good big out there. So the Suns get the win, 101-97. All then we go to the Blazers and the Raptors. And this was one of our moneymaker picks, one of our two moneymaker picks here. And um, they win. We had the Blazers minus three, and they win by five, 122-117 over the Raptors. And man, oh man, Norman Powell, he's looking real good for this Blazers team. So uh, watch out for this Blazers team. Everybody's good to go. This is the true Blazers team from kind of, you know, a couple of games ago right into the end of the season. Ever since Nurchich just came back, I think this is Nurchich's second game. So truly, this is now the Raptors needing to kind of win all their games. And they are on a three-game winning streak right now. So absolutely fantastic by the Blazers. They should not lose out. They should or they should not lose another game, truly. They have pieces everywhere. Nurchich, McCollum, Damian Lillard, Norman Powell, Derek Jones Jr., Ennis Cantor, Carmelo Anthony. I mean, they, they are truly deep. Uh, but before we get into the stats, I want to just show why I love Derek Jones Jr. so much. It's not the points. It's not, well, it's obviously not the points and the rebounds and the assists because he doesn't really impact the game in that aspect. But he's a pretty good defender, and he's got freakish athleticism. He's got better, like... He's got better athleticism than Russell Westbrook, honestly. So here we get this. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit of a clip here of Derrick Jones Jr. And he's just going to come out from the wing, catch a pass from Damian Lillard in just 360. 360 spinning layup, reverse layup, and it falls. Like, this is what this man brings to this kind of team. He just can't really figure out what he's what 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 he should be doing in this kind of team because there's just so much kind of just scoring talent. So he gets lost in the shuffle a little bit and can't really know what to do offensively for this team. But this man, this is what the man can do. Spinning 360, driving baseline layup. Absolutely magnificent. The man is athletic as all heck, folks. Big fan of Derrick Jones Jr. Just needs to kind of, I don't know. He just needs to see where he fits in. So here we go. And we see he goes down He goes down to the bench. And that's what we love to see. That's what we were saying. How was Norman Powell going to fit into this starting rotation? And now that Derrick Jones Jr. goes to the bench, he's having more success there. That's what we were saying all season. We love Derrick Jones Jr. Just didn't think he really fit in the starting lineup of this team. But coming off the bench, he had a great game. We'll get to it in a second. But this is the new starting lineup for the Blazers. And this is kind of what I would expect them to rock with for the rest of the season. Season. So here we go. Damian Lillard at the one, CJ McCollum at the two, Norman Powell at the three, like he was doing in Toronto. So, you know, he's he's used to it. Robert Covington at the four, and then Yusuf Nurchich back at the starting five. So this is exactly what the lineup th uh, we thought was going to happen, and here it is. Alrighty, so here we go. Damian Lillard, 22 points, 11 assists. Fantastic work. Didn't shoot great, but still got the win and uh, good points and assists. Then CJ McCollum, 23 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds, 2 steals, 3 blocks, getting it all done. Shot 1 of 7 from 3. So this man has really not been a good 3-point shooter. Uh, can't really rely on him for the 3s a little bit, but everything else is fantastic. Yusuf Nurchich still getting into the hang of things, 10 points, 4 rebounds. Robert Covington, 13 points, 12 rebounds. And then Norman Powell, 13 points, 3 rebounds on 50% shooting. That's all he needs to do. So, fantastic job by the starters. And then look at this bench, folks. Look at this bench. 
Oh, love it. Derrick Jones Jr., 16 points off the bench. I think that's the most points he scored all season long, folks. And he's been the starter for the entire season. Just got brought down to the bench since Norman Powell came. But 16 points, 3 rebounds. Fantastic shot, 77%. 1 of 3 from 3. Those were only his misses from the 3-point line. All the other shots went down. So that's that. now we're starting to cook here, Derrick Jones Jr. Now we're starting to talk. And then we still got Ennis Cantor off the bench. 10 points, 8 rebounds. Fantastic work. And we still got Carmelo Anthony off the bench. Eight points, two assists, three rebounds. And we still got Anthony Simmons off the bench. Seven points, four rebounds, one assist in only 13 minutes. This team is deep. They got playmakers everywhere, folks. Love this Blazers team. Watch out for this deadly Blazers team. Um, let's just be hypoth hypothetical very quickly. Let's say the season ended today. No playing tournament. That's all nonsense. Just regular playoff rules here. Uh, the Blazers would face the Lakers in the first round. Or no, they would face the Clippers in the first round. And I'm telling you, I think the Blazers could upset the Clippers. I think they could upset the Clippers. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean... Uh, there's really no team that's 100% better than the Blazers, just kind of pure roster standpoint. The Jazz, they kind of match up evenly with the Jazz. Uh, the Suns, they match up evenly with the Suns, just top to bottom, great roster. The Clippers, same thing, maybe even a little bit more deeper than the Clippers, a little bit more consistently. Uh, they're kind of bench players than the Clippers. The Lakers, I mean, you have to run into LeBron James, so I kind of have to tip the scales in the favor of LeBron James. Lakers team. The Nuggets, ooh, they got Aaron Gordon, so that's going to be a little bit of a trouble. So definitely try to avoid facing the Nuggets. But the Spurs, easy win there. The Mavericks, easy win there. They can compete with the best of them here in the Western Conference. So watch out for this Blazers team, folks. All right, now let's go to the Raptors. Obviously, you know, Norman Powell playing his former team. Gary Trent Jr. playing his former team. So this is kind of the new starting lineup here for the uh, Raptors. We'll see if they stick with it. Uh, so Fred Van Vliet takes over the one spot. Gary Trent Jr. moves to the two. OG Ananubi at the three. Pascal Siakam at the four. And Aaron Baines at the five. So we've been seeing Pascal Siakam at the five for a lot. Uh, Aaron Baines really not playing or coming off the bench. So we'll see if this kind of sticks for them. It didn't result in a win, so maybe they don't. Uh, but Fred Van Vliet, 20 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. Gary Trent Jr., only 6.7 rebounds on 20% shooting. The nerves of facing your former team got the better of Gary Trent Jr. there. Um, already Aaron Baines, four points, no rebounds in only 14 minutes. Pascal Siakam, 26 points, eight rebounds, shot 50%, fantastic work. And then OG Ananubi, the 19 points and 10 rebounds for that man. So, uh, not great by the starting lineup. Gary Trent Jr. and ba Aaron Baines kind of floundering a little bit, but they did get some nice, uh, bench contribution here. Chris Boucher, 18 points, 11 rebounds. Great work by him. Rodney Hood, who they just acquired, making them a little bit deeper. 13 points, 2 rebounds. We'll take that on 50% shooting. And then Stanley Johnson, 11 points. So this Raptors team is still decent. We'll definitely want to see if they can kind of close out the season on a high note and try to get into the play-in tournament or a playoff spot. But uh, they're decently deep now. You know, Chris Boucher is still getting it done. Rodney Hood having you know, great success here in his first kind of game, two games in. Uh, so we'll see what the starting lineup is going to be. But Gary Trent Jr. has got to be a little bit better here. But the Blazers get the win, 122-117. Alrighty, next game up in uh, the second game in our moneymaker that made us hit it. Nuggets-Hawks, and it was just Nuggets minus 4.5. Easy peasy. They win by 24 points. No problem there. We can't trust this Hawks team, especially without um, Lou Williams. Until Lou Williams plays, and it doesn't seem like he's got any desire to play right now, honestly. Because um, I think he's out for the next game as well. 
But, um, yeah, until Lou Williams gets here, we can't trust this Hawks team. They were on that, like, 9-10 game winning streak, but it was all against kind of bottom-tier teams, nothing really great. And now you get the Nuggets with Aaron Gordon, and we might have another kind of super team on our hands because this is the lineup that the Nuggets are working with, and I loved it. I loved Aaron Gordon on this team. I loved the ball movement. I loved everything about it. So here we go, the starting lineup here for the Nuggets. Jamal Murray obviously still at the one. Will Barton at the two. Michael Porter Jr. at the three. Aaron Gordon at the four. Joking at the five. So we weren't sure if Aaron Gordon was going to go to the three. Michael Porter Jr. goes to the four. Or if Paul Millsap stays at the four. Michael Porter Jr. comes off the bench. Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon goes at the three. So we do have kind of definite confirmation here. And it makes the most sense sending Paul Millsap to the bench. And, you know, that's a good defensive veteran piece out there off the bench. So that's great. Michael Porter Jr. at the three. Aaron Gordon at the four. So fantastic. Fantastic here. Uh, Nuggets get the win, no problem. Jamal Murray, 17 points on 63% shooting, 4 assists, 2 rebounds. Will Barton, 12 points, 6 rebounds. Jokic, 16 points, 8 assists, 10 rebounds. Still doing Jokic things. Maybe a little light in the points department. Uh, Aaron Gordon, 13 points, 2 rebounds. He shot 66%, so he was having a great, efficient night out there. And then Michael Porter Jr., 15 points, 3 assists, 10 rebounds. Now this is going to be just kind of a truly team-oriented game now. Uh, or just kind of team-oriented kind of starting roster because you've got playmakers and shooters everywhere. Murray, Jokic, Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., holy moly. And then off the bench, Jamichael Green putting up 20 points and 7 rebounds. We see uh, Paul Millsap first time on the bench here. Nine points, three assists, five rebounds in 20 minutes off the bench. I mean, that's fantastic work out there. So they are getting it done. They got it done so much that Bol Bol even made an appearance. Five minutes played for Bol Bol, and he cashed in with eight points. So, man, oh, man. And they are even deeper than we thought. <laughs> Bol Bol can play some consistent minutes. That's what we're talking about. Uh, but, yeah, the starting lineup for the Nuggets, man. Aaron Gordon makes them so much freaking better. Gosh darn. Alrighty, now we go to the Hawks now. Obviously, as we said, no Lou Williams just quite yet, so we'll see how that kind of shakes out. I'm assuming Lou Williams will be the starting two. Bogdan or Bogdan Bogdanovich will move down to the bench. Uh, but we get Trey Young, 21 points, 7 assists. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, 9 points. Mm, not great. Clint Capella, 10 points, 8 rebounds. A little light on him. John Collins, 11 points, 5 rebounds. Tony Snell, 5 points, 2 assists. Nothing really kind of extravagant here by this starting lineup. A lot of lackluster performances here. Classic. I'm telling you, this is a this is classic Hawks, man. Facing a top elite team, they flounder big time. Nobody steps up, so uh, we fade them at the right time. Daniil Gallinari off the bench, 14 points, 2 assists, 3 rebounds, 50% shooting. Love that, but really everything else wasn't that great. Kevin Huter, 8 points, 2 assists off the bench. Um, that was really it. Brandon Goodwin, 7 points in 6 minutes. Just kind of garbage time minutes out there. So nothing truly great here by the Hawks. Not really sure what Lou Williams is going to do for this team. I don't know if that's the piece they're missing. Don't really know. I think they need to kind of get a couple more solid bench players, but... I don't know, man. This Hawks team. We'll see. We'll see. Once Lou Williams gets there, we can reevaluate them, but not loving them. I love, don't get me wrong, I still love Trey Young and Clint Capella. I just don't love the team. And then that brings us to the last game of the night, the Magic and the Lakers. And the Lakers are able to kind of pull off a close win with a very not great Magic team. But we'll see who steps it up. We were decently impressed by some performances in the Magic's kind of first couple of games without all their players. So we'll check in them in a second. But let's start here with the Lakers. 
Dennis Schroeder led the team in scoring. Fantastic. 24 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. Shot 50% and 1 of 3 from 3. Not terrible overall. Uh, KCP, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. 4 points, 3 assists on 25% shooting. Womp, womp. Uh, Marcus All still in the starting lineup. Unfortunate. <laughs> Unfortunate, truly. 7 points, 2 rebounds. Markeith Morris, 12 points, 11 rebounds. Kyle Kuzma, 21 points, 11 rebounds. He was kind of getting it done late in the fourth quarter as well. So I'll get up for Kuz. This game had a pretty decent game. And then off the bench, who is the only person that's having good success off the bench here for the Lakers? And if you didn't say Montrose Harold, you're wrong, folks. Come on. Uh, so Montrose Harold, 18 points, 11 rebounds off the bench. Love it. Yes, sir. Six man of the year right here. Montrose Harold. Um, getting it done, winning games without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That's the biggest kind of six man of the year factor for Montrose Harold and just having great performances, even with LeBron James there. So, uh, we'll see how they kind of continue it on here. I would love to see much man. Oh man. Montrose Harold could really kind of solidify six man of the year. If kind of during this stretch of LeBron James and Anthony Davis out, if he got elevated to the starting roster and kind of won, maybe I would just say maybe 51% of the game. Just give us 51% of the games winning in the starting lineup. That kind of would have definitely sealed the deal for me and possibly six men of the year voting. Uh, but, you know, still having him come off the bench, a little upset about that. But uh, I get it. I get why. I just don't love it. Um, and then nobody else does anything off the bench. I mean, Taylor Horton Tucker, four points, two rebounds. Alex Caruso, three points, five assists, four rebounds. That's decent, I guess. Um, and then Wesley Matthews, three points, three assists, three rebounds in only 15 minutes. But Montrose Harold getting the bulk of the minutes off the bench, having great scoring, rebounding numbers, just getting it done. And he's a plus 14, folks. He was a plus 14 when he's on the floor. So he's still got great defense as well. So love Montrose Harold. Everything else on this Lakers team without LeBron and AD, not great. But now we know we got Andre Drummond coming. 100 round drum on me Andre Drummond so we'll see obviously he's going to make the Lakers even better but hopefully that doesn't mean not more minutes for Montrose Harold all right maybe you can get Marcus all out of the starting lineup elevate Andre Drummond and then still have Montrose Harold coming off the bench and just really not even using Marcus all <laughs> uh, so hopefully Montrose Harold's minutes don't come down any because I need to see that man it's still out there Alrighty, now let's go to the Magic. Who is stepping up here with nobody on this team? We get Michael Carter-Williams, zero points at the starting one. Zero points, three assists, three rebounds in only 13 minutes, but he shot 0 of 6, from not, so not great there. Dwayne Bacon, yes sir, 26 points, eight rebounds on 47% shooting, a plus 14 and a loss, we'll take it. Uh, Ken Birch, two points, five rebounds, three assists. Not great there. They need a better big, obviously. Um, Chuma Okiki, 14.6 rebounds, 3 assists. Not bad. He shot 45% and 3 of 6 from 3. And then James Ennis, the third, 9 points, 4 rebounds. Nothing really great there. Alrighty, Otto Porter Jr., newly acquired here for the Magic, coming off the bench. He had a chance to tie the game with a three at the buzzer. Unfortunately, does not go, so they lose. Uh, so, Otto Porter Jr., five points, four rebounds. He shot one of five from three, 28% overall. Just couldn't hit the one that counted. RJ Hampton, 10 points coming off the bench. Chasen Randall, 8 points, 3 assists off the bench. And Wendell Carter Jr., 8 points, 8 rebounds off the bench. So nothing truly great here by the Magic, which we know we just saw them trade. Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, um, the other player that went to the Celtics. So nothing really great there by the Magic. So that was the NBA from last night. Just a couple of games on. Very well done for the Hornets to keep it competitive. Very well done for the Blazers to start keep winning uh, with the new lineup. And um, man, oh man, watch out for the Nuggets. 
All right, so let's see what we got on tap today. No tel nationally televised games because of March Madness. So here's what's on tap today. Pacers, Wizards, Pelicans, Celtics. Should be a pretty decent game, um, especially since still no Lonzo Ball, I'm assuming. All righty, Nets, Timberwolves, Knicks, Heat, Pistons, Raptors, Rockets, Grizzlies, Thunder, Mavericks, Spurs, Kings, Jazz, Cavs, Warriors, Bulls, Clippers, Bucks. Oh, Clippers, Bucks, two of these elite teams going at it. So we'll see if we find any great value. So let's get our moneymaker. Like we said, we just hit last night. So fantastic. Also, um, follow us on this app. I, it's called Action. Um, it might be called something. I think it's called Action something else. Um, but it's called action. It's just kind of keeps track of your bets. You can track bets. You can bet through them if you're kind of in a legal area of online gambling. Uh, but you can just kind of, you know, keep up to date with, uh, our picks. You can kind of follow and track us, uh, look at the analysis. How are we looking? Um, so we just started to use this, uh, just kind of like two or three days ago. So we're still fresh here, uh, but we're ready to, uh, you know, get our picks up on here. So follow us on that. You can follow people. You can follow betters. You can follow all that. So look us up. Takes by fans on, I believe it's called action. It's a, uh, yeah, it is called action. That's what it says on here, but I believe there it's called like action something, but it, it, I'm sure you'll find it. it's a green check mark. That's the logo, big green. Uh, so it's called action. You can follow us on there. Um, alrighty, so let's get these lines up to date and let's go two for two. Let's go back to back. You know how we get once we hit one, we can't stop hitting. So let's find the great value here uh, today. Alrighty, obviously, let's recap what we did here for the March Madness. Houston minus seven and a half, Baylor minus eight. We are swallowing the points there in the March Madness Elite Eight. But back to the NBA. Here we go. Pacers, Wizards, Pacers minus five, Wizards plus five. Probably going to stay away from this one. We don't like this one. Is this on a back-to-back -back as well? Um, no, it's not. Uh, but either way, probably going to stay away from this one. Let's see who's in and out here. For the Pacers, Doug McDermott's a game-time decision. And for the Wizards, Ish Smith is still out. Davis Burton's is still out. Darn him. And Bradley Beal, game-time decision. So we'll see if he plays. But, yeah, two great, not great teams that, I mean, truly not. I mean, these are below, These are really kind of... I would say below average. I, I don't know if they're truly at the mark of average currently. Um, the Pacers, I mean, with the addition of Karis LeVert, I mean, they are on a two-game winning streak right now, so we'll see kind of how he's going to be able to play out. But, I mean, they're beating nobody good. They just beat the Mavericks with no Luka Doncic. Um, and then they beat the Pistons, but can't beat the Bucs. Got absolutely sh uh, shattered by the Bucs. So we're going to stay away from this one. No great value on not great teams. Alrighty, Timberwolves in the Nets. Oh, Nets minus 11. Do we have to swallow 11 points here? Let's see. Alrighty, so Timberwolves in and out. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is still out. And then for the Nets, Kevin Durant is out. LaMarcus Aldridge, he is out. He's not making his debut just quite yet. But Kyrie Irving's back. Blake Griffin's still there. Uh, James Harden. So we are going to let this Nets team rock. We'll swallow the 11 here. Don't like the Timberwolves. Kyrie's back in action. And uh, let's see how Kyrie Irving and Blake Griffin pair together because I don't think they've played a uh, game together yet. So hopefully Kyrie Irving doesn't mess up the rotation of James Harden throwing some donks to um, uh, Blake Griffin. So we'll swallow the 11 here for the, uh, for the Nets at home. Kyrie Irving's back. Let's get it. Bet the Nets big. That's our motto here on the show every time. Bet the Nets big as long as James Harden is playing. 
Alrighty, then we go to the Pelicans and the Celtics. Pelicans plus two and a half. Celtics minus two and a half. Interesting here. Um, let's see what we get for the ins and outs. Lonzo Ball is a game time decision, so he may be back. Interesting. Jackson Hayes also a game time decision. Um, alrighty. All right, for the Celtics, Tristan Thompson still out. Evan Fournier, game time decision. I don't think he's making his debut today. Um, can I look at that very quickly? Let's look up M NBA Fantasy Labs. I know we haven't really checked this uh, Twitter account in a while. But let's see if they got any nice news for us on Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier will make sale. Yes, there we go. Finally, thank you. NBA Fantasy Labs outdoing uh, Score Mobile here. So finally, thank you. So Evan Fournier is making his Celtics debut here, and I think I'm all about it. So we may swallow the two and a half here, um, especially if Lonzo Ball's back for the for the uh, for the Pelicans. I mean, they're going to lose the game if it was Neil Alexander Walker still in the starting lineup. Uh, maybe we stay away from it, or maybe we even take the Pelicans, but um, not with. Um, oh, Jalen Brown's out. Oh, Jalen Brown is out. Oof, oof, tough there. So I guess we're going to have to stay away from this one. With Jalen Brown being out, not great. And with Lonzo Ball back, possibly also not great. The spread is pretty close. I was ready to take the Celtics minus 2.5, but Jalen Brown being out, that's kind of a big out for us. So, so we will stay away from this one. I do kind of like the Celtics minus 2.5, but we'll see what happens here. Um, and see how Evan Fournier rocks in his debut there for the Celtics. So we'll watch and learn. Alrighty, Heat and the Knicks. Heat minus four and a half. Knicks plus four and a half here. We're not going to get too caught up in this Knicks three-game winning streak. They just beat the Bucs with literally nobody on the Bucs, and they still almost lost. I mean, they only won by like four points. Alrighty, for the Heat, Goran Tragic, game time decision. Victor Oladipo's back out? I mean, come on. That's the problem. That's the problem that he was having with the Rockets. I mean, in, in one game, out a game, in, out, in, out, 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 in, out, out, in. Out, in, in, out, out, out. So I really thought he was going to kind of play a little bit more consistently here for the Heat, but him back out, man, darn. This Heat team needs to get back on track. Man, they're on a six-game losing streak. They got to do something. Victor Oladipo cannot be taking these games off for these illnesses, man. Kendrick Nunn is also out, so some big names out, and Gordon Dragic being a game-time decision. We may have to stay away from it. And then for the Knicks, Julius Randle, game time decision in Reggie Bullock. So just a little bit too many outs for me. Knicks plus four and a half is seeming pretty good here. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to have to just stay away from it, I think. Victor, B Victor Oladipo being out for the Heat is truly not great, man. Ugh. Uh, I can't buy this Knicks team, folks. I truly, I just can't buy them quite yet. Yes, they're on a three-game winning streak, but it's two games against the Wizards and a game against the Bucks, where literally nobody played. So, gonna stay away from this one. Can't take the Heat. If Victor Oladipo was playing, yeah, I'd take the Heat minus four and a half, but can't get solid, can't get solid, consistent play from Victor Oladipo. How unfortunate. Alrighty, let's keep moving on here. Mavericks and the Thunder. Mavericks minus 11. Thunder plus 11. Jeez Louise. I'm assuming Shaquille Alexander is not playing here. Uh, for the Maverick, J.J. Redick is still out. Willie Colony Stein is also still out. And then for the Thunder, uh, Al Horford, they've kind of said that he's not going to be playing for the rest of the season. Not injury-related, but just, hey, we don't need you anymore, really. <laughs> so they're not going to be playing Al Horford for the rest of the season. Mike Muscala's out. 
Shea Gills Alexander still out in Lugansdor is a game time decision. So we're not going to be taking any points there for the Thunder. Mavericks should have no problem winning, but it's a little bit too much for me to swallow there. Uh, so we'll stay away from it. Uh, but don't take the Thunder plus 11. I would definitely recommend staying away from that. Alrighty, let's keep it going here. Next game up, Grizzlies and the Rockets. Uh, Grizzlies minus eight, Rockets plus eight. Oh, Grizzlies, <laughs> Rockets getting eight points. I think I like it. This new look Rockets team. Don't sleep on this Rockets team. This is like a new and improved Rockets team. They've kind of figured, they've cut the fat. They trimmed the fat. Victor Oladipo was a little bit of the fat that was still there. Unfortunately, no solid playing minutes, no starting games consistently for him. So kind of messing up the rotation a little bit. They get Christian Wood back. Pretty good there. Um, and who did they just get? They just got the... I got somebody good. Oh, Kelly Olenek. He's actually having pretty good success there. So kind of all about that. So let's see who is in and out here for these teams. Uh, Jaron Jackson is still out for the Grizzlies. And then for the Rockets, Aaron Gordon is still out. Christian Wood is a game-time decision. Ga Christian Wood is kind of a huge piece here if he's good to go or not. Uh, we just saw him play not last game. A little unfortunate, but they still got the win. So that was pretty good. So, honestly, I'm not afraid to take this Rockets team anymore, man. We sold them at the right time, and I think we're buying them right at the back uh, back at the right time. We'll take them plus eight there. I don't know if they win, but I think they keep it decently close. I don't think they get blown out that bad. They're at home. John Wall's good to go. Christian Wood's pretty much good to go. Kelly Olenek, he can fill in pretty solid there. So, Rockets are used to some small ball, and Kelly Olenek is the perfect small ball center. We'll take the Rockets plus eight here. Alrighty, moving on. Raptors and the Pistons. Raptors minus three and a half. Pistons plus three and a half. Oh boy, I think this is great value here for the Raptors if everybody's pretty much good. Kyle Lowry, game time decision. And DeAndre Bembry's out. So a little unfortunate there. And then for the Pistons, we get Jeremy Grant, game time decision. Jaleel Okafor's out. Dennis Smith is out. And Rodney Magruder is a game time decision. So we're going to take the minus three here for the Raptors. No problem here, even if... Um, uh, who who do we say was a game time decision? Um, Kyle Lowry, yeah, Kyle Lowry, obviously kind of big, you know, decent piece there. But this Pistons team's nothing great, and uh, you know, uh, Raptors just coming off of a loss that they played pretty decent in. Just the Blazers are good, um, a little bit deeper. But um, I can trust Pascal Siakam and Aaron Baines and Fred VanVleet to beat a Pistons team. I've got no problem there. Swallow three points, yes sir. Uh, Raptors minus three. I think that's pretty great value. Alrighty, so three nice picks so far. Let's see if we can add any more to this moneymaker and beef it up. Beef up those odds. Beef up that money, truly. Uh, so here we go. Kings and the Spurs. Kings plus two and a half. Spurs minus two and a half. Probably will stay away from this game. I mean, like, whenever we bet for or against the Spurs, I feel like we always lose because, I mean, that's just how they are. I mean, there's no solid grasp on what this Spurs team actually is. I still don't understand it. Uh, but for the Kings, Hassan Whiteside, a game time decision. And the Kings can put up, like, 140 points whenever they want, so... Um, and then pretty much everybody's going to go for the Spurs. Just usual suspects are out for them. So just going to stay away from it. I don't know what I get from the Spurs, and I get great offense from the Kings, but that's all I know. <laughs> so we'll stay away from that game. Uh, Cavs in the Jazz. Cavs plus 16. Holy moly. Jazz minus 16. Probably going to stay away from this one just because it's way too much there. Uh, for the Cavs, Kevin Love is out. Matthew Devladova is out. Jared Allen is out. Oh, we got to stay away from that then. Uh, Jared Allen is the only reason why we like that uh, Cavs team. And Mike Connolly is a game time decision for the Jazz. So I don't want to swallow 16 points here. They probably win and cover the 16, but I'm not going to trust it. 
So we'll stay away from that one. All right, Bulls Wizard or Bulls Warriors. Bulls minus one, Warriors plus one. Let's see who's in and out here. Uh, Zach Levine, a game time decision. So interesting there. Daniel Tice, game time decision. Hopefully we can see him make his debut for the Bulls. And then Lori Mark Cannon, game time decision as well. So a couple of decent game time decisions for them. Warriors, Steph Curry's also a game time decision. So we don't get anything solid here. Darn. Let's go to Fantasy Labs. They got anything solid solidified here? Because I would like to take the uh, the Bulls here. But if Steph Curry's back, and if all those players are not playing, huh, huh, unfortunate. Alrighty. Well, we're not getting anything solid. All right, Lord McCartan is probable, so that's good. Zach Levine is listed as probable. All right. No, okay. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We'll take the Bulls here. Uh, those game time decisions are now probable, so that's all we're looking for. Uh, just kind of more in than they are out. Uh, so the Bulls minus one will swallow that. Steph Curry's first game back. Nobody stepped up in his absence. He might not even want to come back. So Bulls minus one. Vucevic gets his first win as the Bull, finally. <laughs> and then the last game of the night. Bucks, Clippers, Bucks plus two and a half, Clippers minus two and a half here. Alrighty, so pretty much everybody's good to go, I'm assuming. PJ Tucker's out for the Bucks. Bobby Portis is out for the Bucks. Okay, for the Clippers, Rajon Rondo's out. He's not making his debut yet. Patrick Beverly is out. Sergi Baca is still out. So we're gonna swallow the two and a half here for the Bucks. Let's or no, we get two and a half here. Oh, fantastic! Uh, we'll take the Bucks here. They're kind of riding a nice little streak that just got broken by the Knicks, but nobody played on that team, so they're very well rested. But uh, the Celtics did snap their kind of streak that they were on. I think the eight at the time, but we get two and a half here for the Bucks. Love it. We'll take it. Bucks plus two and a half. So we got a nice little five teamer here in our moneymaker. Very, very beefy. Odds are plus 2,415. So you bet 100 bucks on it. You're winning 2,500 bucks there. That's fantastic. Great value all across the board. Feeling very great about these picks, folks. Alrighty, let's head over to our NFL Draft Prospect of the Day. We got, uh, who's up here? Tylon. Wallace, wide receiver from Oklahoma State. Now, as we said, you know, not one of these, you know, must-go first-round wide receivers of Devontae Smith and uh, Lamar Chase and uh, Jalen Waddle. So we'll see what Tylon Wallace has. We'll look at the stats, break down the film, and see what we get from this man. So here we go. Tylon Wallace, wide receiver from Oklahoma State. He's six foot, so pretty solid there. Obviously, you know, would love to see you 6'5", but, you know, 6'6", six, six, that's kind of where we want you at least to be. So he's there at six foot. so solid there. Alrighty, four seasons at Oklahoma State. Yes, sir, college educated. Love it. Alrighty, 2017, his freshman year, only played five games and only had seven receptions for 118 yards. Alrighty, then 2018, getting more production, playing 13 games, catching 86 passes for 1,491 yards, 12 touchdowns. Holy cow, yes, sir. Already a great uh, sophomore year. Then comes 2019, only played nine games because he did tear his ACL. So, not great there. Uh, but the production was still there. Nine games, 53 catches for 903 yards, eight touchdowns, and then just this season, 
2020, 10 games played, 59 catches for 922 yards and six touchdowns. Let's see. I think he opted out. Uh, he played 10 games. Oklahoma State played 11. So he did uh, opt out for the bowl game, I believe, in 2020. A uh, little unfortunate there. We do like the way bowl games heavy. Um, you know, you have a month to prepare. You're facing a good team, solid defense, solid offense all around. Uh, there's no reason why you should flounder. Alrighty, so 2017 he barely played, so let's go a little bit deeper into these game logs just because he's been to a bowl game every single season. Uh, 2017 he barely played, so I'm assuming he didn't play in the bowl game. He did play, but he caught nothing. He had uh, one. He had a tackle. <laughs> he had a tackle. Okay. Did the uh, the quarterback must have thrown an interception and he had to go play defense? So hey, that's a little decent stat right there. The man can make a tackle if the quarterback is trash. Let's see if the quarterback did throw a pick. Um, no, he didn't. So interesting. Maybe somebody fumbled. Anybody fumble on this team? And we can't get fumble numbers because why would we be able to do that? Um. Okay, so whatever happened, he made a tackle for some reason. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. That was his freshman year anyway. Not really anything going on. All right, 2018. Got to a bowl game, and this was his best season, so we got to see something good from this bowl game. All righty, they face Missouri. They get the win. Yes, sir. He had seven receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown. Fantastic. That's what we like to see. Uh, he also threw a pass. Did he throw a pass too? Okay, so the man's got a little bit of an arm. Okay, maybe ex-quarterback. But um, yeah, so one touchdown on 38 points scored. We'll take that. Solid production there in the bowl game. Got the win. Helped the team get the win. That's what we're talking about. And then in 2019, uh, like we said, I don't think he played in a bowl game here. Because he got injured with the ACL. And then in 2020, I believe he opted out of the bowl game. Let's see if that's right. Oh, no, he did play in the bowl game here in 2020. All right, fantastic. They get the win. Six uh, six catches for 45 yards. No touchdown, though. Okay, all right. Uh, but they do get the win. Let's see how many points they put up. They put up 37 points. Unfortunately, he was not one of those points. So, all righty, nothing great there in the bowl game. Um, you know, no outstanding, you know, 150 yard performance, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, doing it all himself, only really played in two, one solid production, one they really didn't use him too much, maybe locked up a little bit, not great. But overall, that's not too bad. I mean, that 2018 season, holy cow, 1400 yards, 12 touchdowns, that is absolutely magnificent. So that was great. Alrighty, let's go to the film now. So we got a nice little five-minute highlight package on this man. This YouTuber is calling him the most explosive wide receiver in the Big 12, folks. So maybe, maybe. So let's see what we got here. Oklahoma State wide receiver Tylon Wallace. Let's see what the man's got. His number is number 2 and 80. So if we have to track him around. So here we go. First playoff, he's just a wide receiver screen. Oh, two people try to bring him down. Nobody can bring him down on the sideline. Oh, a stiff arm to stay up. Oh, another one. Yes, sir. Oh, my gosh. You can't bring this man down. Catches the wide receiver screen and then is instantly hit by two players and does not go down. This is a great angle right there. Boom. Lowers the shoulder, stays on his feet, and then continues to go down. And then we got this stiff arm right here. Let's show it. Oh, that's lethal. Oh, and then this one, just poor tackling. That's what we're saying about college defenses, folks. It's just absolutely pathetic. I mean, look at these tackles. Trash, trash, trash. 
And then that stiff arm. Oh my goodness. Just blessed him right here. On the sideline, all you have to do is shove him out, but he stiff arms him nice. And then number 11 takes a bad angle. And another kind of half stiff arm propels him to the extra four yards for the touchdown. So that's fantastic. Yes, sir. Stays on his feet. Well done. All right, here we go from the goal line. One-on-one -on -one matchup. Oh, yes, sir. Defender never gets his head around, but he goes up and plays it. Fantastically fighting through the contact, looking back for the ball. Great technique here. And then to come down with the catch. Oh, my God. The defender is literally draped all over this man. Hands in his face, hands all on him. And he still has the concentration to bring down the catch. And having these one-on-one -on -one catches in the end zone. I love quarterbacks that throw the 50-50 ball like that. And I love receivers that can consistently get the job done with those 50-50 balls. And that's what that man just did right there. Fantastic. All right, fourth and one. A fake, a short throw, but he goes deep. Deep to him, and yes, sir! Defender tries to make a play on this ball, but hey, Tylon Wallace has better vision than that defender does. Goes up, gets the ball, stays on his feet, and then goes the extra five yards for the touchdown on fourth and one. Yes, sir! Woohoo! Tylon Wallace, I mean, he's only six foot. He's not the tallest, but still can go up and get this ball right here over this defender. Defender just did not get it. Just didn't get it. Perfect throw there by the quarterback. Let's praise that quarterback right there. Fantastic work. But great catch there. Great concentration by Jalen or Taylen Waddle right here. Taylen Wallace. Ooh, just through the hands of that defender. But great concentration. This man's got great concentration. Uh, we just saw, you know, catching all that in traffic there on that 50-50 ball right here. So this man's got great catching concentration. Alrighty, next play up. Going deep. He's got the defender beat. Yes! A step and a half on this defender. Quarterback absolutely puts it right on the money. This is <laughs> this is 55, 50 yards clean right there. We got to note this man, OK State quarterback. If he's eligible for the drafts, we got to look at that man. So we got we to gotta find that out. I'll come at you tomorrow with that. Uh, if he's eligible, we'll watch him. Uh, but great catching uh, concentration. Fantastic. Good speed right there. Let's just watch this man. Just goes up. Very well done. That's like two steps. I'll give him two steps on that defender. Fantastic. All righty. From the 10-yard line. They're going to go deep again. Oh, they're going deep again. Once again, behind the defense. Ball a little underthrown this time. A little underthrown. Only got it like 45 yards that time. Uh, but, I mean, here he is. I mean, the stop, the, the kind of a little bit of a box out, and then to go up and get the ball. This man can challenge. He can challenge receivers to high point the or challenge defenders, challenge corners to high point the ball. Yes, sir. <clears throat> All right, let's keep it going here. Just well, I mean, just beats him. Just beats him. Had about a two, uh, about a step, step and a half. Just unfortunately, quarterback. Or I mean, it's a touchdown either way, but just a little unfortunate that the quarterback kind of underthrew it a little bit. <coughs> all right, here we go from the twenty-five. Once again, just running behind all the defenders, and look at this man looking back towards the ball, going up, high pointing it, re catching it with two hands, securing the catch because the defender is going to try, you know. Make a little bit of an attempt to break it up at the last second, but he's able to secure it for the touchdown. All righty, going deep again. 
Yes, sir. Oh, look at this man. Oh, and he stays on his feet, kind of jumps. Look how he just kind of jumps inside and then is able to kind of kind of still run in stride after jumping and catching a ball over the middle of the field, kind of still running in stride. Look at that, man. As soon as he comes down, watch this foot right here. It comes down and it still runs. Oh, my God. I don't think I've ever seen somebody jump and run in stride like that. That's kind of crazy. Jumping horizontally but still running vertically in stride? Yes, sir. Alrighty, from the 30. Yes. Oh, I'm loving this quarterback. Watch out for this man. I know we're supposed to be focusing on the wide receiver, but some of these throws are absolutely magnificent. In this catch, back of the end zone, a step on the defender, and the quarterback puts it right on the money. And there he is, the short hands. I think he even got two feet down in the end zone. Let's see if they show a replay of this. They do. Fantastic. Here we go. He just kind of runs right by him. It's not a great fake. It's not a great kind of hesitation here on that double move, but it's enough. The speed is there. And then two feet and I think he got both feet and downs. That's fantastic. Training for the NFL. Two feet down. I'll give it to him. Great catch back at the end zone. Great everything. Alrighty, another wide receiver screen. And is he, is he going to bring this one to the house? Outrunning everybody. Closing. Oh, he does. Oh, he's got closing speed. Look at him. High step past this one. Can't get him. And then number five. Yeah. Oh, great. TK. Oh, my God. He works in the screen game, folks. Works in the screen game. Holy cow. And then I'm about to... Uh, uh, he's got finishing speed, folks. Finishing speed. If you're not in front of him, if you're not like five yards ahead of this man, he's going to run right by you. Finishing speed. Oh, boy. This is what we're talking about. You can find some gems that are, you know, the, the ones that, you know, the media is forcing down your throats. Taylor Wallace, folks. Holy moly. Get ready to watch this man in the league. He can work in the screen game. I mean, if the Ravens draft this man, Ravens draft this man. This is perfect for them. Ravens going to be kind of a late draft pick and then this man's gonna be wide open folks Tylon Wallace Woo -hoo -hoo. yes sir I'm big on this man already Alrighty, and I'm big on this quarterback. He's throwing it from 50 yards all the way down the field in double coverage and there it is making the catch yes Woo! I'm jazzed on this man look at that throw too holy moly Alrighty, on the goal line now Bingo, coming back to the ball, throwing it on the run towards the sideline. Great throw, great catch. Oh, my goodness. Two feet down, yes, sir. Great secure of the catch. Great working back towards your quarterback as well. Once again in the screen game, and he is gone. 30 yards for the touchdown. This man has is scoring touchdowns on screens, long screens, short screens. It's good for the touchdown. 70, 50, 30 yards. It does not matter. He's finding the end zone on the screen plays. All right, back in the red zone right here. Oh, my God, an absolute dime fitting that ball in real tight coverage, and he goes and just has the great concentration. <clears throat> know he's running across the middle of the field in the end zone. Know that he's probably running into a safety, but still has this secureness in the hands, in the vision to go and make the catch in the back of the end zone. And here we go. Just the speed, the speed, the speed is there. Holy moly, you're not catching this man. Just a, That's just an, a simple curl route inside and then just beating everybody. The speed is great. Great speed. Wow. Just beat this defender. Let's watch this man work. Look at that. Oof. Drops him off about three yards and then just goes. Oh, my gosh. This man. 
I don't know if I even want the Dolphins to go get Devontae Smith anymore. Get Taylor Wallace. Holy cow, this man's great. Once again, nice little slant in the end zone. Easy peasy there. Once again, just getting open right off the line of scrimmage. He doesn't have any really great, um, great hesitations, but people are respecting his speed, it seems like, playing him so far off. Alrighty, so wow, oh wow, I'll, yes, this man will work in the NFL, great size at six foot, he's got great speed, his work in the screen game is absolutely perfection, uh, great concentration, double coverage, back of the end zone, corner of the end zone, front of the end zone, double coverage, uh, high pointing the ball, a lot of traffic in his face, a lot of hands in his face, and he still is able to fight all through that for those secure catches, I am big about this man, folks, he's got my stamp of approval. Approval, takes by fan stamp of approval big time on Taylor Wallace. Absolutely magnificent. Woo! All right, I'm fired up, man. Woof! Fired up on that man. Alrighty. All right, that's gonna do it for us today. Let's see if there's any breaking news as we were live. Anything going on? What do we got? What do we got? Anything good? Hmm, not seeing like anything's breaking, so that's good, right? Alrighty. Ooh, Space Jam posters. What do we got? Little ears in the... Ooh, I kind of like that. The cutoff of the eyes of Bugs Bunny because he's short, and then the eyes of the cutoff of LeBron because he's so tall. I like that. Ooh, I like it. All right, what's the second one? Lola Bunny. Looking good as... <laughs> looking good as always. Uh, oh, no, hey, who is this? Oh, that's... <laughs> Oh, that's Bugs Bunny. <laughs> this is Lola. <laughs> that's Lola Bunny. Looking good as usual. Bugs, you're looking good too out here. No disrespect. We do not disc discriminate out here. Um, all right. And then the last one, T Tweety Bird. Classic in flight. All righty. Pretty good posters there. Um, all righty. What else do we get here? Anything good? Nothing good. All righty. Nothing breaking. Nothing good. So we'll come at you live tomorrow. Back. Noon Eastern. Doing all our things here. Urban Meyer claims Trevor Lawrence is the direction. Yeah, we know. We know. You don't have to tell us. We know that. We know you're drafting. There was no doubt. Even before you got there, we knew the Jags, the organization, was taking Trevor Lawrence number one overall. The coach did not matter. The coach had zero input on who the Jags take. It's Trevor Lawrence. So, Urban Meyer, don't be like, oh, yeah, this is the direction I went ahead. No, 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 no. You were told. You, you were locked in. Um... Jameis is inspired by Tom Brady in the box. What is this, man? I want to be throwing Lombardi trophies across boats. Congratulations, everybody that I could think of in that organization. Okay. Okay. Um, alrighty. Anything else good here? Nothing good. Alrighty. So we're back. We're back tomorrow live, noon Eastern. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. And we're back tomorrow, folks, noon Eastern, like always. Alrighty. We'll see you.